Joining me this week on the Chairsoft Show, please welcome Charlie from G&G Airsoft. Uh, we were working out at the gym and he's like, hey, yeah, you know, our social media guy kind of uh, quit today and just kind of jokingly aside, just said like, oh, you guys should hire me, you know, and he's like, well, just send me your resume and I'll send it to, you know, to my boss. So I'm like, and I just kind of left it at that, you know, I didn't think he was serious. And then the next morning he hit me up, say, hey, are you going to send me your resume or what? I'm like... Oh, hell, why not? You know, like, I'll just send the resume and see what happens. And uh, yeah. Stay tuned to hear what Charlie has to say about working for one of the biggest names in Airsoft, what's coming up with G&G and his Airsoft journey as a whole. Cue the music. And you're listening to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly SF podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the SF community. If you'd like to get in touch with me, you can contact me facebook.com forward slash Chairsofter Show, Instagram at the Chairsofter Show, or by email on andy at the Chairsofter Show.co.uk. Joining me this week is Charlie from G&G. Hey Charlie, how you doing? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for uh, having me. Now, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, just to explain to everyone, you've actually very kindly allowed an hour to come and talk to us during your very, very busy schedule. So, yeah, man, it's uh, yeah, it's getting kind of busy now with the holiday season, kind of getting uh, in gear for us in the United States here. So, um, but definitely always making time for people in the community that you know do outreach stuff, and uh, always a pleasure to meet new p- people and players uh, across the world so thanks for having me on the show yeah no, thank you very much um so we we've actually met in person before but you may not know this because i tend to fly under the radar and <laughs> you, you were actually the way i knew in nuremberg iwa that i was on the right train to uh-huh. get to the site because i could recognize oh, you really? above everyone else i was like there's a familiar face. Let's yeah. go this way. That's got to be right. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's always kind of like, uh, it, it's humbling when people, you know, recognize me and stuff, but, uh, you know, I, I don't really consider myself a celebrity or a YouTuber or anything like that. So when people recognize mm-hmm. me, I'm, I'm super humbled and, uh, mm-hmm. it's always kind of cool, but sometimes, you know, I always come across people finding, uh, they're a little shy to say hi or, or, or whatever. So, and, they was like, oh yeah, I ran into you at uh, IWA or at Shot Show yeah. or I or swung by, and and even then when I'm uh, at the show itself, it's so busy and hectic. Sometimes I'll just uh, don't remember. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Yeah. You know, there's so many faces that I just come through their booth and all that stuff. So you know, it takes a toll on, on me a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing because the booth every time I walk past was absolutely ram packed this year. Yeah, I mean it's it's a little bit different from each shows. I mean Shot Shows in Las Vegas every year yeah. around january so i mean that one's more of our kind of that, that that's more of our bread and butter for myself uh i have most of my dealers and media that come uh you know from states um to the show itself so i'm pretty hectic you know in terms of being busy and stuff uh we're iwa taiwan kind of handles more of that show so i have more time to kind of meet with the media and talk a little bit more so uh you know different different shows are a little bit different but uh, i thoroughly enjoy both of them so yeah, cool, cool. Uh, so, first off, before we get into the company itself, let's find out a little bit more about you, uh, how you've sort of progressed through Airsoft to now working in 
well, for one of the, I'd probably say the biggest manufacturer, because let's be honest, 99% of airsofters will have handled a G&G product at some point, be it from the combat machine range right through to your top tech and the top end stuff that you guys produce as well. So, right, right. Uh, <laughs> where, where did it all start for you? Um, it's it's kind of funny story. So, I mean, granted, we you know we have time, so I guess it's it's you know I, I could tell you guys the whole story, but uh, you know. Uh, little background history of myself uh i was in the military did uh intelligence in the u.s army did a combat tour in iraq in uh, 2010 uh so as soon as i came back i uh kind of um was looking for a job and i applied for a kind of like a rifle scope and tactical gear manufacturer here in uh los angeles california uh the company was called nc star and uh with that company, as I progressed uh, with their marketing, I kind of came across the reps from G&G pretty often as there are airsoft retailers within the area that we you know, kind of attend their events and, and kind of see. So over the course of a year and a half, um, you know, I saw a lot of reps and uh, yeah. one of the guys, uh, he's no longer with G&G, however, but at that time uh, he was one of the sales rep and you know, we became really good friends. And uh, it turned out, you know, he went to the same high school as I did. We went to the same gym and, you know, kind of good friendship came up. So one day he, uh, we were working out at the gym and he's like, hey, yeah, you know, our social media guy kind of quit today and just kind of jokingly aside, just like, oh, you guys should hire me, you know, and he's like, well, just send me your resume. I'll send it to, you know, to my boss. I'm like, and I just kind of left it at that, you know, I didn't think he was serious. And then the next morning he hit me up, say, hey, are you going to send me your resume or what? I'm like, oh, hell, why not? You know, like, I'll just send the resume and see what happens. And uh, yeah. a couple of weeks later, uh, I got, you know, email back from, uh, you know, G&G saying that they were interested in me. So I was like, oh, okay, well, let's, let's, let's try this new company. And uh, I kind of was working with them part time for a little bit. And it wasn't until... We moved to a different warehouse where uh, Gingy was telling me essentially, we really like you to be full time. You know, we can't really have you part time now since we're moving to a different, uh, you know, warehouse. So you know, you kind of have to make the decision. So I kind of blindfully made the decision to work full time with Gingy, not really expecting kind of. Uh, I mean, this was about five and a half, six years uh, ago where. You know, G&G was still kind of growing the U.S. and, you know, we weren't really actively going to events, all that. So I didn't really expect to travel as much or, you know, or even go to IWA or all that good stuff. So I was just, you know, like, sure, why not? And then after that, the rest is history. So, I mean, that's kind of how, you know, my involvement with G&G happened uh, and it just kind of, un- kind of unfolded naturally, essentially, you know, it just kind of you know, where other people would be like, oh, I would love to work for G&G. How do you get a job for g and I'm like, ah, that's a kind of tough question because, you know, I didn't really necessarily did the conventional thing of applying online and, you know, kind of going through the steps. It was just more of like the network that I had and the connections I had that helped me kind of put my foot in the door, essentially. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. It's a similar thing, actually, to how I got my role uh, in my current day job because I knew a guy that worked for my old company and he said to me, look, they're looking for people with the same skills as you. Just mm-hmm. stick your CV in, your resume in. So I did. And then next thing I knew, at first I got told, uh, no, we're not looking for anyone at the moment. And then 
I think four months passed and they actually emailed me back and said, look, we want you to come in for an interview. Uh, we're hiring again. And then the rest is history and I've been there six years now. So Yeah, that's awesome, man. <laughs> it's, it's amazing how <laughs> these networks can help you yeah, get yeah, definitely. two places. Exactly. Uh, so what exactly would you say your role is now, if anyone asked you at G&G? Well, my, my official title is marketing manager for G&G. However, I'm kind of like jack of all trades, master of none. Uh, I wear a <laughs> lot of hats under the company. So, you know, I deal uh, sales, uh, marketing. I help with uh, a little bit of the R&D. So when new guns come out, uh, kind of give my feedback. And, uh, you know, just kind of the, the aspect of designing graphics, um, you know, kind of the aesthetics of like how the packaging should be and stuff. So there's a lot of things that, you know, are that I, I'm a part of and get involved. So, you know, but the at the core, I would say marketing in terms of anything that you see on social media. That's me, email marketing, uh, connecting with people in the community, going to events. You know, that's kind of like the bulk of my work that I do here in the States. And uh, usually when I go to overseas, I'll go to Taiwan maybe once or twice a year if they're doing an event that they need me. And then the trade show uh, in March, which is IWA, I'll go there annually as well. Yeah, because uh, I was going to say, it must be very time-consuming with all these events, because, I mean, you say going to events sort of around the U.S. to promote it, there seems to be one every week, at least. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's not like the U.K. where you can just drive to events and it's like maybe two, three hours. I mean, we're talking about, you know, uh, for the listeners that don't know the scale of America, it's, you know, from Los Angeles, which I'm based out of, to say the East Coast, uh, say I'm flying nonstop flight to New York or Boston, that's about a six-hour flight. Um, so usually, you know, it, it takes up my whole day just traveling across the country, and then the next day I have to set up, you know, for the, you know, for the actual event. So you know, the booth, the products, and then stay a little bit later for you know people registering for the event, and then Saturday would be the whole day event. Sunday it's kind of like half day, and then pretty much I pack everything up, and then. Depending on my fly, I'll either leave that night or I'll stay that night uh, and then leave early in the morning the next day, which is Monday. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely time consuming, but, you know, luckily I've kind of been doing this for a couple of years now. So I've kind of figured out a system that works for me and I'm able to optimize my time and be more efficient. So that way it doesn't take too much time and get me too tired from doing all the traveling. Yeah, because I was going to say, it sounds, it sounds like you're pretty much seven days a week at the moment, almost 365 days a year. Yeah, sometimes it feels like that, but I think sometimes uh, I, I don't mind it just because, you know, like going back what I was saying, I, you know, I was in the military, we kind of yeah. had that work ethic and just kind of just, for me, it just feels, feels natural, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm putting overtime in, it just feels it's just like part of the day, part of the my work, you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean those of us who haven't served... Um, probably can't imagine it but i suppose out there it is a seven day a week job if you're out downrange as they say yeah i mean i, I granted like my job was uh, an intelligence so i had more yeah. of a easier job um than most people i was in an yeah. infantryman or combat arms but yeah. uh yeah i mean our schedules were uh pretty much seven days on 12 hour shifts luckily i think sundays uh we got like a half day but that was still you know, I, I still had to work six, seven hours uh, on yeah. my half day, you know, so, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's just one of those things that you just kind of like, you know, uh, suck it up and just drive on kind of like what they tell us in the military. So for me, I just don't really feel it. Uh, it sometimes it might feel like seven days a week, but it doesn't really feel that bad to me just because I've kind of 
been doing it for so so long and it's just been kind of accustomed to me you know yeah yeah uh, so obviously Jinji massive company they're everywhere these days um and obviously you guys are doing something like you've been around for so long and grown to the size that you have mm-hmm. uh obviously a lot of people know say the combat machine range generally more of a starter gun in fact as we discussed when we were arranging this i am actually going to be buying a couple next year just to loan to new players uh-huh. uh, i actually had one and i regret selling it for <laughs> a tm recoil because you know the g&g i never had any issues with that my tm recoil is cursed <laughs> it is, i think it spent more time at the tech this year than it has in my hands because uh. there's just stuff going wrong but these are the sacrifices we make. Uh, exactly. So for those who may not know more about the wider product range, let's just run through sort of what your product range is. So we at G&G, we have three tiers. So we have our, um, our G2, which is our newer higher-end, kind of competing with the high-end uh, replicas. You know, in the U.S. market, we'll probably be equating them to the Crytax or... The VFC Avalons, you know, those are kind of at the same um, level in terms of performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have our top techs, which were kind of our higher end before we rehauled our gearbox design, which are now the G2. Uh, and then we have our GC, which is our kind of intermediate, where you're looking about uh, anywhere from like 200 US dollars to probably around mm, 320 ish. Um, yeah. And then obviously the everyone knows the combat machine line and that's the entry level uh you know rifles that we have so those are kind of like the three tiers that we have we're obviously like you mentioned we're commonly known for the com- entry level uh you know rifles but you know we over the past years we've definitely tried to recall our, our r&d to kind of really ump our name you know it's kind of one of those things that you know it's great that players know you know players and dealers know us for good entry level guns however we definitely want to kind of step up our game um, with the high-end replicas and kind of really penetrate that market for people, you know, buying a better upgraded gun. So, you know, we're doing our best to kind of come out with new guns and uh, rehaul our pistol line as well, too. We've been really focusing on our pistols for the last uh, year and a half. So you should really see a big push for us uh, in the pistol market coming in 2020. Yeah, because I was was thinking back to the show at IWA and I, just seem to remember how many pistols there were on that wall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we we actually uh, we designed a new uh, world cylinder valve, which is really patented, and uh, we just actually got the patent approved. So, so that's something that no other pistol in the market will ever have, just because we have that yeah. patent, you know. And then especially with the hop up adjustment, somewhere in the GTP nine series, uh, we're able to adjust the hop up inside the barrel that's going to be very beneficial for players as well too and then we patent that design too so uh, definitely try to make our pistols unique but also very more accessible for players and uh, more efficient for them to play uh, using our pistols by you know adjusting the hop up and you know just the convenience factor is what we're trying to uh, have in our pistol line yeah that i mean that that for me with other pistols that i've used i've got to say the biggest bull ache of it is when you need to adjust the hop so you've got to lock the slide back and then you've got to 
mess around with a little wheel or uh, my WE Makarov that I've had for years and years. If you need to change a hop on that, you have to dismantle the bloody thing to get to it. So <laughs> I, I've got to say, it's great to see that unique design. Um, I think my buddy Tony's actually running one of the GTPs at the moment. And oh, nice. <laughs> I know he's absolutely loving it. Yeah. Um, and he, all he says is good things about it. So maybe <laughs> I'll have to look at one of them. He's going to think I'm copying him now. <laughs> there's, there's a running joke so I went out bought a gun he then bought the same gun because he wanted it but I had the money and he didn't so then he copied me with that so now if I do anything I know I'm getting that back <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh. um, now let's talk about some of the more unique stuff that G&G have got in the pipeline or have out at the moment so I would say the the mm, the one rifle that I get more requests on social media about questions when it's the ETA or you know when it's coming out is the SMC9, which is a conversion kit for the GTP9, and uh, we actually just got some samples in for that. So I'm probably going to say in quarter one of next year we should release that. I know a lot of people have been asking for that, so. For any listeners right now, the SMC9 is finally coming out. And, you know, we've been saying it for about a year and a half now. But the thing is just most with all our products is that we want to really get it down to perfection, you know, or as best as we can for perfection. You know, there's other, you know, manufacturers, which I'm not going to name, but, you know, that just kind of push products out. And, you know, with the first versions, they're kind of like, you know, iffy. They're, there's, they have problems with their uh you know with internals or what have you um so we really want to fine-tune it and make sure the quality control is very tight on on these just because we want to get it right and uh it it would just be a um service to all the players waiting for so long and then it's you know not to their expectations so we definitely want to take our time in making sure that you know the guns do come out uh perfectly or as best as they can uh so when you know you open that box and you know Put a battery in there or gas in there and some some bbs it's good to go and it it, it shoots flawlessly so uh and i think that's one of the reasons our arp9 was such a big success was that you know we took some time behind the design uh, made sure it was working properly and you know as, as soon as you put a battery in there it, it just rips you know and people love that so uh other other projects that we're working on we're working on a new tracer unit uh which is probably going to be the most compact uh, tracer unit there, uh, tr- tracer unit out there in the market. From what I've been told from Taiwan, uh, I think that's going to be released or not released, but I would say we're going to be showing it off at uh, at Shot Show next year. So Ooh. if you're attending, that's that's something you might want to check our booth out. Uh, it's going to be smaller than the Ace Tech tracer unit, so that's going to be even more smaller and more compact. So for people that are running, uh, you know, speed QB or, you know, speed soft games, that's something that you're, you're probably going to want to look into. Uh, we just released here, uh, the Cobalt Kinetics fully licensed rifle, uh, the BMF, uh, AEG. So that's a pretty hefty rifle as well, uh, in terms of weight and also a little bit, I mean, it's going to be a premium gun. So the the in the U.S. market, it's retailing for five hundred and fifty dollars. Um, but I mean, if you ever get your hands on it, I guarantee you're gonna fall in love with it because it has a good, hefty weight to it. Uh, it's it's built like a tank. I mean, it's so sturdy, and uh, it's actually just kind of one of my favorite guns at the moment, just because it's so unique. Um, obviously, it's modeled after the real uh, firearms of, of Cobalt Kinetics, but uh, I mean, just when you shoot it with the G2 gearbox inside, it just shoots flawlessly. Like, you can't you can't go wrong with it. Um, 
but uh, and then I would say kind of like touching again on pistols we're, we're launching new pistols uh, getting into kind of like the high kappa um, custom pistols as well too yeah. um, more of our 1911s expanding our GTP 9 line as well too so you know there's a lot of projects going on from G&G that you can expect coming next year so as always just stay stay tuned with the social media to, to be updated with more information yeah now uh, one while we're on products you know this one's coming uh, I've been asked by several people uh, Cam Jason Henner uh, when is the Enfield coming <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I, I've actually kind of been wanting to. I, I mean, we have one here uh, in the office as a sample, but um, yeah. unfortunately, I'm going to have to be the bearer of bad news. We're more likely it's not even going to be coming out until maybe quarter four of next year or even as late as quarter one of 2021. So I'm sorry, guys. I know you guys have been looking forward to that. You're just going to have to wait a little bit longer for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, like you were saying, you know, at the end of the day, you want to make sure everything is absolutely perfect with that product before it hits the shelves, because it's only your reputation that will suffer at the end of the day. Yeah, and then honestly, too, it's sometimes, you know, we... We'll, we'll have the engineers start, you know, designing the, the rifles and, and AutoCAD, you know, and it's, you know, software that, you know, they, they do to design the rifles and, and pistols. And, you know, sometimes what happens is that in... And the design phase, it looks it looks like it'll run perfectly, but once we start manufacturing it and then start testing it, we're like, whoa, we're we're dropping FPS. What's going on here? Or what's why is it not shooting correctly? Or, or something like that. And then we have to go back to the drawing board and kind of get work all the kinks out. So you know, all this kind of takes time as well too. So it's just not like a easy fix where you slap a you know bandage on and be like, all right, it's good to go. Just push in final production. You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You know, at the end of the day, as I said, it's only your guys' reputation that suffers. You know, people will go on and slate any brand that they have a product that performs poorly, but you never hear them sing the positives, really. You know, mm-hmm. I, I will say G&G are the exception because, you know, we always sort of see, uh, being, being one of the admins on the UKS community page, um, one of the most popular questions we'll see is, has anyone used a G&G combat machine or a Firehawk or ARP9 before? Is it good? And you're like, well, this question's been asked a million times and you always get like half the community go, well, yeah. yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It works out of the box. Yeah, no, I mean, that that's something I love about, you know, all the fan base that we have and owners of G&G is that, you know, they're they they kind of do the talking for us you know which is great and and i definitely value that and for, with all the events that i've gone to that i've always hear you know players come up to me and like hey you know i've, I've had this gng raider or carbine for five six years and it's like the only thing i've ever changed was a bucking uh, on it and that's it i'm like and it's you know it still fires great and never any issues i'm like whoa you yeah. know it, it's definitely humbling you know i definitely appreciate it when you know players come up to me and, and kind of express their kind of uh, you know, gratitude of, of making a good product, you know, and not only that, that helps me, you know, promote the brand more because it's a brand that I believe in, you know, because players believe in it and I believe in it as well too, that, you know, it's a good reputable brand and, and, it, and it does last for ages if you maintain it correctly. You, you say that actually, I know someone who did not maintain it correctly. We nicknamed this thing the shit bat machine because it, <laughs> it went through hell and back under his, um, uh ownership like he never cleaned it once um it was basically going moldy by the time oh, he was done with it 
Yeah. And all he did was he changed the hot rubber out and like cleaned the barrel up, and it was still working absolutely flawlessly. Yeah. And we're just like, he, he he went out and bought the TM at the same time, and then he was like, I don't know why I bought that because I prefer the combat machine. <laughs> yeah, no. Sometimes, sometimes I'll, I'll be at Milsim games, and you know, I see uh, people spending probably put at least a thousand, like about maybe a fifteen hundred dollars in, into their gun of upgrades and all that, and then within like an hour, they're uh, they come back and then they're all sad and they're like, oh, I'm like, hey, what's what's going on? And like, well, my gun's out. I have to like, uh, I have to use my backup. It's like, luckily, it's a G and G. You know, I'm like, you know, it's always a good backup gun too. You know, for uh, yeah. even if you have like a, a top end uh, rifle. So yeah. Uh, this is this is the thing, you know. People would always go for a cheaper backup, as such. But I mean, what what are you guys looking to do to try and push the more higher end guns out there and get those out there a lot more and get them built up to that reputation? Yeah, I mean, we, obviously, you know, that's kind of within the marketing realm. So obviously, we we kind of get the feedback from all the players, dealers, just seeing what what they're what they're looking for in a gun you know well what's kind of like over the years you've seen that now almost like electronic triggers are kind of like a standard in most guns now you know so we definitely kind of have to see where the market's shifting and also kind of be competitive too to also see what our competitors are doing but also make it affordable you know so uh, we've always done a lot of market research kind of trying to push it through um, talk to players and you know and that's one way we kind of make our guns a little bit better every year by listening to our uh, customers, dealers, and, and that nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just having a look at the uh, website now, actually, to see some of these um, more adv- higher-end guns to sort of have a look at them. Uh, yeah, so f- yeah, so for people that don't know our website, you can check it out at uh, guay2.com, and that's spelled yeah. G-U-A-Y, the number 2.com. Yeah, because I mean, you've got you've even got sort of like G three series. I didn't realise you had that. Um, definitely didn't know that you. I'm looking at the G nine sixty series. You know, I didn't even know you guys did bolt actions. So even I'm learning stuff today. <laughs> yeah, no, we're always updating our website with new stuff, and you know, sometimes, and, and that's a thing where you know, with us is that we make over a hundred different gun models, so it it gets definitely overwhelming at first, especially for new players that don't know about brand. They're like, oh, which which gun should I? You know which which gun should I uh, buy? You know there's so many. So, uh, but you know we definitely make a gun for almost every type of player. Whether it's you know if they're tight on money that they want performance, they're looking for something, you know, in a DMR platform or what have you. So you know, and that's one of the reasons why we kind of collectively make so many different variants, just because there's so many different players, um, you know, for that dis- different model that we make. So yeah, uh, so. What can you tell me about the history of G&G so we can get a bit more of an idea of sort of where the company came from? Yeah, so essentially we, uh, well, I mean, not we, but, you know, the founder and CEO uh, started the company in uh, 1986. And uh, essentially he uh, was, he started the company, not, not starting with Airsoft in general, but it was a kind of like a, kind of like a gag toy company where it kind of sold like offbeat toys that were kind of like, you know, putty or like just kind of weird 
gimmicks, you know, like uh, yeah. something that would shock you or something like that. And uh, it essentially, that's why we got the name uh, Gwe Gwe, which kind of means like unique things. And uh, that's why sometimes you'll see like Gwe Two, which means Gwe Gwe, you know, to, to kind of make it short. But And uh, so about in the early 90s, uh, he wanted to kind of expand the business. So we actually became a... A distributor for TM in Taiwan and essentially we were doing that for a couple of years but at that time you know we we're trying to get support from TMs and hey you know we're helping you expand the market here in Taiwan like can you give us more support and they were just kind of not uh, doing their fair share of kind of helping us out as a distributor in Taiwan so um, after a while Mr. Liao which is you know the, the CEO of the company he decided you know what I kind of have a good gist of how to make an airsoft gun because we've been selling them for so long so um later on he decided you know what i'm gonna open a factory and and just start making our our own airsoft guns since we kind of have the knowledge of how to make one already so that kind of opened the doors for gng in terms of the airsoft market and uh, just over the years we've kind of hired engineers and you know expanded the business to over about 70 countries now i believe uh that we distribute our products in so you know and then partner with good distributors to kind of expand the market as well so over the years in the last 15 years we definitely kind of penetrated the airsoft market because of that and with the help of our dealers you know media personnel uh everybody that works with within the gng company so you know it's 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 definitely a a big organization that there's a lot of moving parts with it and you know that's kind of how we came to be with the being you know a good uh, known reputable brand in the industry as today yeah, 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 and um, it's been great sort of seeing even in the last couple of years sort of the way that the co- the grab brand has grown even more, and what's been going on with it. So, uh, like, definitely since I've been doing this, which is just coming up to about two years actually. So, yeah, I no, I think uh, I think we had uh, I think the UK market shifted a little bit too because I think before we've had retailers distributing our product, but I think about two years ago, New Pro. Uh, came on board and became our distributor yeah and the uk and and uh definitely helped us push more of the gng product there into many stores so I, I think they did a pretty good job in kind of expanding the gng presence in the in the uk market because of that yeah definitely in fact i can just about remember when that was announced and it was like oh okay so this is getting bigger and bigger then <laughs> and, yeah yeah um, yeah definitely <laughs> like you say yeah i'm seeing more and more of your guys' products at retailers around the country nowadays. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely good to see. Uh, where, where do you see the future of the company and sort of the airsoft market going? Um, I mean, I definitely see where we're always trying to uh, make new stuff. You know, we're trying to trying to get people excited, you know. So, you know, we're trying to get into the more futuristic kind of uh, rifles that you might see in uh, video games and things in that nature. I mean, granted, you, you can never go wrong with just like a standard M4 platform, but you know, it's one of the, one of the biggest gripes that we always get is just like, oh, it's on the M4. But I mean, in America, like that's the number one selling platform in the United States, like hands mm-hmm. down, you can't argue with that. So, although you get a lot of you know feedbacks like, oh, why don't you make something unique? What sells is like an M4 platform. So you know, with that in mind, we try to kind of change it up a little bit. You know, kind of with the nine millimeter style carbine. They saw a couple years ago with the ARP9, so 
just kind of something different that uh, you know we can offer that gets people excited. So you know that's kind of like what the direction we're going in. We're always trying to innovate, you know, with new things, with new technology, with our products, making it easier, more convenient for players to use our guns. Uh, and easier to maintain them as well too. So that's kind of where the future I see is going um, in terms of the airsoft market as a whole. Globally, you know, it's definitely growing. Uh, you know, obviously with our expansion in different markets, we kind of get a new market share in that country, uh, in that region as well too. So there's a lot of potential growth in other regions that don't doesn't get too much love you know one one region i would say is south america I, I, i've met yeah. a lot of uh, airsofters airsofters from south america and they just feel like a lot of brands don't uh, give enough love to them so that's one emerging market that i see and then obviously the southeast asian market too you know there's a lot of regulations with you know uh, being banned you know in australia or whatever yeah. but uh, you know in uh, uh, in certain southeast asia countries there's also a big presence there as well too and i just need to like just like a kind of push to kind of really uh open the market too so uh european market i'm not too familiar with it just because i don't deal with it as much but the u.s market as well for for us here you know it's always ever growing with dealers uh, opening up stores and all that good stuff so yeah i'm, I'm just going to backtrack to a point you made there where you said the most so the, the best-selling platform you have will be the M4 platform because this is actually a discussion I was having a couple of weeks ago with someone where we were saying we were kind of surprised because obviously the M4 really is pretty much the basis for, I'd say, half the rifles you see these days. Yeah, yeah, really. exactly. <laughs> and obviously it's been a staple of sort of the American military for years. Mm-hmm. And um, I did wonder why you don't sort of see other countries sort of following their um sort of their military style in and like the way the rifles sell mm-hmm. so so like you don't see like a big influx of AKs in some sort of eastern european countries for example or like over here you barely see an L85 on the field these days even though it's right. the main british rifle right 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 and uh, i just wondered if that was something you noticed as well or if like globally that the M4 platform was the best selling and whether it was more people were shying away from what they'd sort of see in their own country as such yeah i mean i would say i would say there's more M4 platforms uh, around the world i mean don't get me wrong there you know we do i mean we actually make an L85 we just rehauled our L85 yeah. series uh, just recently with the electronic trigger unit and uh, obviously, we're getting to the infield. So, I mean, we definitely like making country-specific guns that they're, the military uses in that country. But at the end of the day, I think we just see a, a bigger presence of the M4 platform. And I think that's part of it just, you know, being glamorized, essentially, by, you know, obviously the U.S. military. Uh, we see in movies, like from Hollywood, you know, people, or in video games, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll have different offshoot, you know, guns in video games, but people always recognize, you know, M4 platform, you know, that's just kind of like yeah. iconic, so the, they want to be that operator, you know, no one really uh, tries to be, I mean, there's, there's kind of like, I would say, a subculture with like, you know, Russian players that are, not Russian players, but people that are, uh, using AKs and but they're more the purists. They don't like the AK, the tactical AKs or anything, anything in that nature. But uh, you know, there's always going to be those uh, niche guns that are attracted to players. 
and they'll buy them and they'll use them but I mean as a whole I would say that niche is maybe like maybe 15% of our maybe sales where everything else is just more of like an M4 platform dominant uh, of, of sales that we do you know yeah yeah I mean it, it does surprise me but then again as you said you know video games etc that's what you see at the end of the day right and yeah. um, like all sorts of rifles these days are offshoots of an M4 base um, various calibers you know we're seeing all sorts of weird and wonderful stuff going on with AR-15s in the real steel world these days yeah and, and, and obviously it's kind of like whatever is trending in the in the real firearm industry is it's you know it takes about I'd say anywhere from six to six months a year for an airsoft manufacturer to kind of get on that uh on the hype train where you know we kind of model a airsoft gun you know according to what is trending in the firearm industry too so that's another big influence as well too you know if you see that uh, market growing in, in a specific direction uh, airsoft manufacturer will definitely take time to invest in time and resources to kind of see what they can come out with a product that's similar to that you know well yeah this, this could this could account for things such as the ARP9 in recent years as well for example you know you're seeing more and more of the pistol caliber carbines coming on board and yeah no know, definitely <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the 9 millimeter carbine is just kind of uh, one of those things that just kind of emerge. And, and I think, you know, I might be biased, but I'm pretty sure we're the first ones that, that designed one and came out with one in terms of the airsoft. Um, yeah. And then you had other uh, companies that came out with theirs uh, to kind of take the market share. But, you know, uh, although the competition was great, you know, we didn't see a decline in our sales. Um, it was still kind of a popular uh, you know, choice for players, and you know that's that's really humbling for us to 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 see that that you know players with there's so many being with there being so many different variants of uh, nine millimeter carbines that they still choose the GNG ARP9 uh, for their go-to rifle for the seat you know speed QB uh, games or just indoor arena games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, obviously it works because they're still selling <laughs> yeah no definitely <laughs> yeah and then we just released a limited edition arp9 gold so uh for any listeners if you see one at your local dealer make sure you grab one because chances are it's probably not going to sit on that shelf for quite too long uh we've only made a thousand units worldwide so um i think maybe every country probably got less than anywhere from 50 to 100 units and then within the country they have to dis you know uh, distribute them to their dealers so you know you might only see one or two at your local shop if that yeah so get on it guys <laughs> <laughs> yeah. alright so what have you got coming up finally in the next couple of weeks or the next couple of months I should say because you know we're nearly at Christmas now so yeah, even you um, need a break yeah, right? so like my, my schedule is kind of in flux with how I do my traveling just because it kind of revolves around the, the airsoft industry itself so I mean, the biggest thing and the, the last thing I have uh, for this year, um, I, would, I would say SHOT Show would probably be, which is next year in January, and I'm pretty much done for the rest of the year. Uh, I just kind of finished Airsoft Con, which was last month, mm. and, uh, you know, I get all my all my events mixed up because there's so many I do throughout the year. Uh, I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying to get trying to get a feel of like what I've done this year in terms of traveling but uh, usually I'm on the road anywhere from 
maybe three to five months, you know, uh, on the road, just traveling, you know. So, um, yeah, for the rest of the year, I'm done. And then I got SHOT Show, and then I got probably one event sometime in February. I got to just confirm the dates. And then I got IWA uh, in March. And, and then after that, I pretty much just kind of go with what dealers ask of me we do a lot of gng days here in the united states so what that entails is that you know we partner up with one of our um our dealers and we kind of promote you know obviously our brand but help our our dealer out too for publicity and kind of you know putting the word out there like hey this dealer exists come check it out we're going to be here with you know a lot of new stuff you can check the new rifles from shot show We'll give a lot of, um, you know, swag and, um, you know, we'll have a big raffle at the end as well, too. So, you know, it's just something we like to do with the community and kind of just give a, a big thanks to everyone who's helped us grow in, in that, you know, region or that city. So we try to do at least anywhere from, uh, I would say anywhere from like five to ten events of these uh, per year, depending on scheduling and, you know, there's no conflicts and whatnot. Yeah. And then we also sponsor... Uh, some Milsim organizers, so we we go to those events and and you know set up a tent and do promotion and that. So depending on what those dates are, we I kind of go back and forth uh, throughout the the late spring and then summer. I usually uh, travel pretty heavily just because it's it, it's typically slow, but it gives me a good sense of where the dealers are going in terms of sales and the direction of the market. And not only that, but it it allows me to kind of boost up the marketing for the fall and then swinging into the, the college season to kind of promote the brands that I did during the summer as well too. So knowing that I have products coming on the container from Taiwan, you know, say September, October, then I'm like, Hey, remember the stuff I talked to you about in July or June, we got the stuff now. Do you guys want it? Or are your players talking about it? So it's, that's kind of how my, my schedule works throughout the year. So it's, it's pretty cumbersome, but you know, I've kind of managed to kind of be flexible with it and maximize my, uh, my time with it. Cool. Cool. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Charlie. It's been great talking to you and learning a bit more about the workings of G and G and what you get up to. Yeah, no, thank uh, you for having me. It's, it's always a pleasure, and uh, hopefully I can uh, maybe uh, do another one in the coming, uh, coming up, upcoming months, so just let me know whenever you have time. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll definitely have you back on for sure and hear what's been going on. Uh, finally, just to round up, where can people find you? Uh, well, I mean, if you want to get in contact with me personally, you can just add me on my uh, Facebook, which is uh, Charlie Suarez, and uh, but obviously, you know, this is about G&G, so if you want to see more about G&G, you can always uh, check us out on our Instagram, which is just, which is just G&G Armament, and uh, our Facebook is just the same. And then for our website, like I said earlier, it's just uh, guay2.com, G-U-A-Y-2.com, uh, for more information. So, Cool. Well, thanks again to you for coming on today. Uh, that's it for this week, guys. I uh, hope you've learned a bit more about probably the... Big, one of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in airsoft these days. Uh, that's it from me as well. So take care of each other, take your hits, enjoy your game, don't be a dick, and we'll see you guys <laughs> next time on the Chairsofter Show. Bye for now. <laughs>